from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca in Monterey, California. This is Indy Next by Firestone. With complete coverage of today's race, this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Well, it's rare that I get to uh, open an Indy Next broadcast. There are currently Indy cars on the track, but here we are in Monterey. Thank you so much for joining us here on the IndyCar Radio Network. This is the Indy Next by Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey Race 2, and it is brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next, the official tire of Indy Next as we kind of roll right into pre-race coverage for Indy Next by Firestone. Obviously, for those that uh, have been joining us all morning, the schedule a little fluid, but we're going to keep it right here and continue to broadcast as the uh, field of 27 for the NTT IndyCar Series have brought their cars back to pit lane and we're uh, kind of transition and uh, focus on the Indy Next race at hand here momentarily. But uh, Davey Hamilton, the final thoughts on what you saw for the uh, last 10 minutes uh, for the IndyCar Series, getting the chance to at least turn some laps here in this warm-up session. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if it really uh, did anything other than it got the drivers, little little, little blood pressures going, got to feel the track again, got to feel that grip and that speed, gave these crew members just a little bit of time to, you know, get adjusted, to get ready to, to make some pit stops, which I think are going to be really, really important today. I think pit lane could be critical today to make sure you have no mistakes because time on the track is going to be it's going to be difficult to pass so anytime you lose on the track in the pits could be uh, you know big uh, big deficit for you so hopefully uh, everybody's kind of got that warm small uh, condensed uh, schedule as we see them pulling off as we see the indy next cars pulling up so they're uh, we're going to be going green here momentarily with the, the second and final race of the season for indy next yeah it's uh, going to be a quick turnaround no doubt they're going to hustle those indy cars off the of pit lane get them back to the paddock so that we can stay on uh, as close to schedule as possible with Indy Next by Firestone. Uh, in terms of this championship, Davey, uh, we are also moments away from uh, confirming the champion. It's going to be Christian Rasmussen. He just has to start this race. Uh, things looking very good for him. Doing exactly what he needed to do yesterday, finishing in that second position. Yeah, yeah, no, unless some catastrophic, somebody steals his race car or something, he definitely has this thing won, as you said. As soon as he gets that green flag um, of the first lap, he is he is our champion, and and rightfully so. He's done a masterful job. He's he's uh, been methodical. You know, obviously he's had speed. That team has gave him everything that he needed over there at HMD. Um, he's, it's a it's a you know to win these cha- the Indy Next Championship is not an easy task. A lot of young lines in there, hungry to go after it and. Um, now, now his goal is, what do I have to do to get into one of these uh, Indy cars? And and that you know that he's already talking to people and working on that uh, that program. Yeah, no doubt, those negotiations uh, have already started, and I'm sure even before he won the championship, you kind of have to start gauging the interest of those car owners because, as we have seen time and time again, that silly season oftentimes doesn't start at the final race weekend. It starts in the middle of the summer, sometimes in the spring. So uh, congratulations to Christian Rasmussen. Again, he will uh, be your Indy Next champion. Yesterday, uh, it was Hunter McElray starting on pole, leading every lap. He scored the race win, and we talked with him in victory lane after he scored that second win of the season. And Hunter McElray with lots of congratulations for his team. And well, we talked about it after he won that pole position. Did everything you could, and you uh, at least able to uh, prevent Christian from uh, clinching the title today. Yeah, I just said I got to win two races, and that's all I can hope for. So done that already. Got another one to win tomorrow. So thanks to the team, just dominating car. 
And in the early part of that race, it was like you were driving a slot car. It was on rails, but then those full-course yellows, the restarts. Uh, did that do anything to your uh, rhythm, or did that sort of uh, rattle you a little bit, having to try to get back into that rhythm? I don't know. It's like everyone didn't want me to win the race. You know, it's like four restarts, but you start to run out of ideas. But, no, I'm so happy. Every time we uh, rose above it, even with lap traffic at the end, but, yeah, the car was just on rails. I was at 90%, and they tell me to slow down. I'm like, I'm already chilling. So thanks to the team, man. Just an amazing car. Is that a hard thing to do as a driver when you're just out there going as hard as you can? They tell you to just back off and slow down. Does that affect you a little bit there? Um, with the lead we had, no. I think it was just, honestly, Sunday driving. It was, I can't believe the car still. It was, like, just ridiculous how good it was. Lastly, with how this uh, second half of the season has gone, are you uh, disappointed that we're coming up on the uh, finale tomorrow? Because you guys have just been flying as of late. Yeah, it's been an unfortunate year, you know. I think we've known what we can do. Like, we could be do this every race, and we just had a lot of bad luck. But, you know, the team deserves it, I deserves it. But sometimes luck doesn't go your way. So I'll just keep doing what I can and uh, see if I can get another one tomorrow. Congratulations on the win today, and we'll see you tomorrow for race two. Thanks. That's Hunter McElroy, winner of race one here for Indy Next by Firestone. And that was Alex Wolf, who he was chatting with. You'll hear from Alex and the rest of our crew here momentarily as uh, we get set to fire engines here in Monterey. Davey Hamilton uh, for Hunter McElroy. He really is. Alex kind of touched on it, uh, ending the season with a bit of momentum. I know he's disappointed to not come up with the championship, but uh, still going to probably come home second in this title and has a chance today to close out by one of the last two races. Well, you know, I would have lost a bet because I would have put money on McRae to win this championship before the, it's, before the first wheel was turned at the very first race. I just felt like the experience he had and how well he ran the previous year that he was going to be the odd-on favorite. He thought so, too. A little disappointed as we talked to him that the results weren't coming early on in the season that he hoped. But, boy, did he really come on strong here at the end. But, unfortunately, just a little bit too late to catch Rasmussen for this championship. So uh, it's going to be a good race today. Obviously, he dominated yesterday. He's going to be on the outside of the front row this time and next to that Rasmussen. So we'll see who can beat who down into turn one. But I have a feeling they're both so close in speed, Nick, that, that whoever gets the lead coming off of turn two down there, they're going to be the one that probably uh, wins this race. It's probably an impossible question to answer, Davey, but uh, is Hunter McElroy you know, along with Christian Rasmussen, they both look like uh, really talented IndyCar prospects, guys that you think can have some success if they get the opportunity, maybe starting next year? You know, I, I think that maybe um, it's, you know, that's a really hard one to answer because there's sometimes that there's some other drivers that come out of Indy next that you think that this guy is absolutely ready. He's, he, he's super fast and he's going to do well, and we've seen that happen. And then there's other ones that come over there and go, ah, well, he's not really ready, but then he show he proves that he really is. And it's been in both ways. So, you know, I'd like to see um, them test an IndyCar and just see where they stand to see if they feel, because it takes a whole different um, mindset. The cars are different to drive. The setups are a bit different. Obviously, they're faster. Uh, but I'd like to see them be able to go maybe do a test, just see where they stand. And if they, they, they prove good, yeah, put them in one and let's get going. But if not, maybe one more year in Indy next, get that experience just to continue, you know, getting at all the same racetracks that IndyCars run. So I do feel that they have, they're talented and they're going to get there. Are they ready next year? I would like to say yes, but uh, just time to tell. Yep, it's uh, again going to be Christian Rasmussen, your champion on the pole. Hunter McElroy, yesterday's race winner, alongside when we go racing here in moments. Let's talk a little bit about this racetrack. We've got three 
really darn good turnout announcers out to help call the action. Uh, Michael Young, we're going to drop him to you somewhere around the Andretti hairpin. That's where we expect a lot of racing down there in turn number two today. Yeah, we expect this to be one hot corner turn number two, which we call the Andretti hairpin. And my location on the side of a hill, basically... Uh, I imagine I could see most of Northern California. We're so high up. Just a beautiful vantage point here at WeatherTech Raceway. Laguna Seca can actually uh, see turn 11. Jake Query and I were uh, actually out and about earlier this morning before the uh, ceiling finally lifted from this raceway and we can get things underway. Just a beautiful day here in Monterey, California. All the race fans uh, packed throughout uh, the facility and campers and cars and just roaming the various vantage points and to be able to see what we're able to see and what I'm able to take in today from my vantage point is just spectacular. The left-hander, that very tight and dready hairpin, and then it's quick, maybe 400 feet to the right-hander of turn number three. It's very slow, but uh, drivers will get after. We have saw several drivers actually spin out in that area at the exit of turn number three, Pottawa Ward, Elio Castro-Neves, and then the uh, about 600 feet down into turn number four. That's another tight right-hander, about 110 degrees, though, and an opportunity for drivers to really pick up the throttle and get some speed. You'll see the left sides go off ever so slightly, and they'll pick up some dust to the uh, left of that curbing if those tires get off into that area, but they're usually able to, to keep control of the car, and then it's a streak down into turn number five, which is another left-hander. They'll put those tires onto the curbing, the left sides, right, red and white curbing on the left side of the track, and then the track really tightens up, and as they struggle to get that car to turn, you'll see the back end step out the back end wanting to wiggle as they begin to climb the hill to another beautiful portion of this course. They'll cross underneath the VP Bridge and come into the view of our very own Mark James. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning, Michael Young. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to the day, most assuredly. Uh, this is when the racetrack really picks up speed as they approach turn number six. It is a left-hander, and it narrows up in a hurry. And after you exit turn number six, you hit the ray hole straight and start that uphill climb toward the corkscrew. There's a little bender, which is turn number seven, and then 8A and 8B. You go to the left and then back to the right, and that's where the drop-off begins. And what a drop-off it is. Again, it's iconic. It is the corkscrew. And if you approach it the right way, you exit the right way, you'll have plenty of speed, carrying you down to 9 and 10 and into the view of Jake Query. Thank you so much, Mark. You had talked about the elevation change, and that actually leads to a lot of inertia, a lot of speed that you have going into turn number 10. It is my vantage point here as I sit just on the other side of the corkscrew. I can see the cars as they come there off of turn number 9, then setting up for that turn number 10, which has been tricky with this repay because it has so much grip. It is very banked is turn number 10, which is a right-handed turn, but the grip is such that when you start to get into the acceleration exiting the turn, the rear of the race car can a little bit step out on you because of the fact that it still kind of sticks to that turn 10. But you've got to make a decision whether or not you go back onto pit road, which would be just to the left as you exit turn number 10, or ideally, of course, you stay on the racetrack and then set up for turn number 11. And Nick Yeoman, that completes a lap here at the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. When they make that turn into turn number 11, they can look straight ahead, see the Monterey Bay in the distance, but right now you can't see it because that's the one area where the fog remains persistent here this morning. It will eventually lift, and the magnificent views will all come in here in Northern California. Going to be a good day of racing, Nick, as we get set here for this Indy Next Season finale. Yeah, it is fast. It is unique. It is a spectacular racetrack in Davy Hamilton. You've had a chance 
to be on the track uh, sometime this weekend, giving folks rides in the two-seater. You got a favorite portion of this racetrack that you like to rip through? Well, you know, I, I think the, the most excitement really for, like, giving a ride, to be honest with you, would be, you know, going down into turn one. You have a lot of speed. You rise over turn one, I'm sorry, and then going into turn two, the hairpin, the Andretti uh, uh, hairpin down there. Um, you have to hit that just right, and I think that's one of the most more technical areas. But you know what? Just the speed that you go through some of these corners and the grip that you have just makes it really enjoyable and a lot of fun for, for a driver. And just knowing that you're laying it out there and you feel like, man, how can anybody go any faster than I just went around there? These drivers are thinking. But you know what? It's good if that grip's for everybody. And you really got to get the most out of yourself and the most out of that car and stay on the gas to make sure that you have that fast lap. And obviously we got Rasmussen and on that pole, and he did that with McRae beside him. Now it was just the opposite yesterday. Um, but this and the corkscrew, how can you you know not love the corkscrew? I mean, such a unique talk about a blind corner. You can't really even see it as a driver. The only time you can really see it's on camera or the fans will be able to see it because when a driver you're going uphill, you don't see it, and then all of a sudden you drop, and by the time you see the racetrack again, you're already through it. So, pretty amazing corner up there as well, and that's the most iconic corner probably in motorsports. Yeah, I mean we have blind corners on the IndyCar calendar. Some of them to the left or to the right when you've got you know obstruction or trees or banners, but. Uh, none quite like the one in the corkscrew where it's blind because the racetrack is almost like driving off of a cliff. It is uh, spectacular, and for race fans that have made their way out to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, that is most certainly one of the hot spots to uh, go up top of the hill, get a uh, picture by the corkscrew sign, and then ultimately just watch drivers uh, fall away as they make their way through turns 8A and 8B. We are moments away from firing the engines for the 80 next by Firestone. Grand Prix of Monterey race number two. Nick Yeoman, Davey Hamilton uh, out the turns. Mark James, Michael Young, and Jake Query. Our pit reporters today are Ryan Marine and Alex Wolf. It is Christian Rasmussen who all he has to do is start this race and he will win the championship. Hunter McElroy put the pressure on him and has done a nice job all season long. Uh, he's going to start to his outside. That drag race down to turn number one. Yesterday, Davey McElroy, when he was the pole sitter, got one heck of a launch out of the final corner, and it really wasn't a contested battle down there uh, into turn number two. Would you assume turnabout's fair play, and Rasmussen will probably try to do the same thing when we go racing? Well, I'm going to have to think that, but, you know, they both know what happened yesterday. Uh, McElroy knows how he got that lead from the pole, and now he's going, okay, here's what that's what I did. He's probably going to try to do the same thing. How do I counter that? How do I beat him down to that turn two area? Because I do feel whoever comes off turn two first, he's going to be the guy to really have the the chance to win this race. It's so difficult to pass out there with this new asphalt, as we continue to say. The grip level so high online, but you get off of it, and it's just not there. So it, it, now nothing that whoever goes second down there, if you can force that leader into a mistake, and we've seen that happen plenty of times. So it's going to be a fun race to watch. They're all lined up out here in front of us, Nick. Cars look great. It's the first time you see, they're in a hurry. There's no question yeah. about it. I mean, we're on a schedule, and, and they, they had their tow tires. They brought them out, and we're able to get all the cars up in the air, get the race tires on, and it looks like they're about ready to go Dave, you mentioned uh, and we've heard it you know we've mentioned this all weekend long because we've heard multiple drivers say this that uh, all you have to do is get offline the slightest bit and this racetrack becomes like driving on ice uh, the fact that it's been repaved visually is it harder to do because you, know, you go to certain racetracks and you can see that racing groove if the, uh, the the black tires the marbles the rubber that's been laid down against a, a lighter gray asphalt is it harder when you come to a newly paved racetrack to visually pick out that racing groove 
you know, sometimes it is, but I'll have to say on this particular track that whoever paved this and this facility did such an outstanding job doing the pave work here. And most everybody has been here before, and the line has not changed. I mean, like going down into, into turn seven, going getting ready to go, I'm sorry, turn six, that's a really fast left-hander, and it has a dip there that kind of hooks you. Well, I'm thinking, is that are they, is that dip still going to be there? Are they going to make it flat? No, they made it identical. So, you know, you know the line just from being here in the past, and everybody pretty much, you know, if it's your first time, it's a little different. But, but I have to say that I, they did such a fantastic job to keep the characteristics of this racetrack and just have new pavement. Nothing's changed other than all of a sudden it's multiple, you know, five seconds faster. And so, uh, saying that, no, I, I think that they pretty much know where to be, where they need to be, and even though there's not a distinctive black line or groove around there compared to the old asphalt i think uh, i think they all know where they need to be i got a uh, good shot of jake query up there on top of the hill right in front of the sea in corkscrew give us a wave jake yeah we see you up there uh he's set to go racing and uh, help call the action today davy i think you know we deserve uh, or it, it, it's deserved to give a pat on the back to some of these racetracks we talk about road america they did a massive repave laguna seca does as well i mean the commitment for these racetracks because that is not cheap to lay as much asphalt as they have on some of these massive road courses their commitment to making sure that these racetracks stay as pristine as possible so that they can host a high level like indycar and indy next uh, boy the commitment level is something that i think deserves to be praised yeah, absolutely. It deserves to be praised, as you said. It's a lot of facilities, you know, it's all budget-related and, and to make sure that they have the, the funding to do it. But I'll have to say that both facilities that you just talked about and, and did, a, you know, I mean, that's a huge amount of money, especially almost four-mile course in Road America. And not only the pavement here, let me let me throw in what else they've done. The the, the bridge, the, this old wood bridge that used to go across this front straightaway to get from the outside of the racetrack into the paddock, it was old and it was decrepit. They have a brand new, fantastic bridge, um, all handicap accessible. You can drive golf carts over it. Um, it's really amazing what they've done there, and that that wasn't inexpensive either. So you look around this facility, and they just continue to to make it better and better and better. I've been coming here a long time. My first racing school was here with Jim Russell in the in the eighties. So that tells you I've. I've seen this racetrack for a long time, many, many years, and, and it stayed the same for a long time. But I'll tell you what, the improvements uh, that they've done this year is, um, you know, they, they need to be uh, thanked, and, and we all appreciate it. Well, it has been a fun season, no doubt. Uh, and the Indianex by Firestone, we're moments away from firing the engines and ultimately crowning Christian Rasmussen as the 2023 champion this calendar we have crisscrossed the united states it all started down in st petersburg florida then off to birmingham alabama a stop in the indianapolis motor speedway then the midwestern portion of the schedule with a couple races in detroit off the road america and wisconsin a stop in lexington ohio at mid ohio on the bad fast oval in newton iowa to the music city in nashville tennessee back to indianapolis to st louis to portland and then we all wrap it up right here in monterey california as we are moments away from crowning a champion it is time to go racing for the final time for the indy next by firestone here to give the command to start the engines your grand marshal for the indy next by firestone grand prix of monterey race number two mid-atlantic division sales manager for dealer tire holly morgan drivers Start your engines! Here's today's Indy Next by Firestone. 
starting lineup. Row 9. Victor Franzoni, number 75, Uncos Hollinger Racing, Brazil. Ernie Francis Jr., number 99, HMD Motorsports with Force Indy, United States. Row 8. Jamie Chadwick, number 28, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. Jagger Jones, number 98, Cape Motorsports, United States. Row 7. Francesco Pizzi, number 55, Vable Motorsports, Premier League. Kiko Porto, car 47, Cape Motorsports, Brazil. Row 6. Nolan Siegel, number 39, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coin Racing, United States. Christian Vogel, number 7, with HMD Motorsports and Dale Coin Racing, United States. Row 5. Yuvan Sindaramurthy, number 57, Able Motorsports, United States. James Rowe, number 29, Andretti Autosport, Ireland. Row 4. Jacob Abel, number 51, Able Motorsports, United States. Matthew Brabham, car number 76 with Hugo's Hollinger Racing, United States, but grew up in Australia. Row 3. Daniel Frost, number 68, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coyne Racing, Singapore. Kevin Simpson, number 21, HMD Motorsports, United States and Cayman Islands. Row 2. Reese Gold, number 10, HMD Motorsports, USA. Louis Foster, number 26, Andretti Autosport, United Kingdom. On the outside of row 1. Hunter McElroy, number 27, Andretti Autosport, New Zealand. And starting on the pole. Christian Rasmussen, number 6, HMD Motorsports with Dale Coyne Racing, Denmark. Today's honorary starter already in the flag stand and ready to wave the green flag. The owner of City Tire, it is Tim Brennan. Hope Tim has a fantastic day on pit lane for us here on IndyCar Radio. We welcome in Alex Wolf. Hello, Alex. Hello, Nick, and it is now a, a glorious sunshine and blue sky type of day here in Monterey, California. And as we get set for the season finale, talked to Hunter McElroy yesterday in Victory Lane about maybe being disappointed the season's coming to an end. And the same potentially could be said for Daniel Cross, the winner of our season opener in Indian X by Firestone at St. Petersburg, was thought to potentially be a title favorite, but had a lot of struggles throughout the season. But he has gotten back on track with back-to-back podium finishes last Sunday at Portland and yesterday here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So the driver from Singapore looking to finish this season on a high note and maybe even bookend the season with victories in Indian X by Firestone. More stories here on the pit lane before the season finale with Ryan Marine. Hey, thanks, Alex. And yeah, we talked so much about Christian Rasmus and Hunter McElroy. We know their sights are set on being an IndyCar next year, but one driver who's looking to position himself for Indian X by Firestone next year is Louis Foster, who starts third today had a disastrous race yesterday was nothing short of despondent when he was talking with alex after crashing out of that race this is the reigning usf pro 2000 champion he's trying to put some momentum behind him some wind in his sails as he gets set for a second campaign at indy next by firestone and in many ways his 2024 season begins here today at weathertech raceway laguna seca now alex mentioned it it is a beautiful sun splash day temperatures just creeping over the 60 degree mark a few moments ago. Track temperatures on the rise as well. They're up to 91 degrees around this beautiful facility and we're about to turn them loose here for the final race of the 2023 season. And Jake Query, the field is in front of you, my friend, out of turn number nine. 
and earlier than in race number one yesterday, they are already in their very good-looking formations of two. As now, the pace car has pulled off. The field starts to accelerate. They're about to take the left-hander of turn number 11 and get things racing here this morning, Nick. Congratulations to Christian Rasmussen. He is the 2023 Indian X by Firestone champion. He's going to lead the field of the green flag side-by-side with Hunter McElray. Green flag is in the air, and it is Rasmussen who's got the early jump. He's going to bring Louis Foster with him to second, Michael. Yeah, Louis Foster really battling with Hunter McElray. McElray Foster still side by side for that second position, but McElray will have to give it up, so move Louis Foster to that second position. Christian Rasmussen already to turn number four, about an eight car length advantage over Louis Foster. Then it's Hunter McElray, Reese Gold, Kiffin Simpson, Daniel Frost. That's how the field looks through turn number five. We have one driver off, Jagger Jones, but he'll get it back under control. He'll fall to the back of the field. Back to the front, Christian Rasmussen, the champ. Going to turn number six. Yuvan Sundramothi has got the elbows out plenty wide. He picked up a couple of spots at the start, but Christian Rasmussen has opened up a nice advantage over Hunter McElray. Louis Foster again with a pretty good start uh, at the beginning of this race, hoping for a much better fate, as Ryan talked about, that he had yesterday. Rasmussen, McElray, Foster, Golden Simpson, the top five to Jake Query. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the best battle right now might be that for the second position. McElray has Foster just behind him. Leader Rasmussen already back onto the main straightaway. Yeah, it was a perfect opening lap for your champion, Christian Rasmussen. We see the uh, Francesco Pizzi car, number 55, takes a look, gets to the inside, passes James Rowe, but he can't keep that spot. Rowe with the crossover move. He'll keep that spot and hold on to ninth. Meanwhile, Michael, the battle for second is on. McElray's moved in front of Foster. Yeah, it was a good pass down into the Adretti hairpin. He really got a run coming out of turn number one. Did Hunter McElroy, yesterday's race winner, got around Louis Foster right at the entrance of that Andretti hairpin. Car steps out ever so slightly as he exits turn number five. Looking back to our leader, Christian Rasmussen, about a 10-car length advantage over second-place running Hunter McElroy. Then it's Louis Foster and Kiffin Simpson will get around Reese Gold at the exit of turn five. Yeah, that was a really strong move going into turn five by Simpson and uh, Reeves Gold, they're running in the battle for that fourth position. Meanwhile, it's Rasmussen who has the lead over McElray. McElray trying to keep pace. Reese Gold uh, trying to get it back from Kiffin Simpson. He has his own set of worries, though, because Daniel Frost is headed his way, Jake Query. Yeah, it's a pretty good battle right now because Reese Gold has now Frost drawing a beat. He got away from Jacob Abel. Now Frost is right on the rear wing of Reese Gold. Gold about a car length and a half in front of him through turn number 11. And right behind them, we see a change for position as Matthew Brabham. That car got a little loose, Davey Hamilton, but he pulls off a nice pass on Jacob Abel. Yeah, that's one thing he's been struggling with all week in his brake bias, making sure that the rear and the front match up. And he's saying he's really struggled with that this entire weekend. Looked like he struggled with it there as well. But you know what? He made the pass and put Matty Brabham in that seventh spot. Right in front of them, Michael Young. We've been watching pretty good battle. Louis Foster, Kiffin Simpson, Reese Gold. That is third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, Louis Foster about three car lengths ahead of Kiffin Simpson. Just one lap ago, Simpson was able to get around Reese Gold. Now has checked out about four car lengths. That's the battle for third, fourth, and fifth. Daniel Frost running in that sixth position. Also in that battle as well, Mark. Yeah, a little bit further back, James Rowe is working on Yuvin Sundra Morthy. That is the battle for the ninth position. That one sorts itself out for now. The leader is long gone by 2.7 seconds. Capital advantage for McElray, but it heaps up between Louis Foster and Kiffin Simpson as they exit the corkscrew. 
Yeah, and let's take a look again at that battle, because right now Foster, who, as Ryan had mentioned, was disappointed with what happened yesterday, has Simpson looking on both sides of him, right on the rear wing as they work their way now through turn number 11. They will roar through turn number 11, and it is a good race for third. You throw a blanket over about four cars, but down the front straightaway, Simpson has a nice run on Louis Foster. Michael is going to try to set him up for the third spot into turn two. Yeah, he tries to go around the outside. That's the long ray around, trying to get that advantage going into the right-hander of turn number three. But Louis Foster able to fend off that position for now. This is the battle for third as Louis Foster has it, and Kiffin Simpson wants it. Simpson falls off about five car lengths. That will allow Reese Gold and Daniel Frost to close in on that battle. So, again, the leader checked out up the hill. Hunter McElray second. But, again, that battle, Louis Foster, Kiffin Simpson, Reese Gold, Daniel Frost, three through six. Yeah, Reese Gold still has a pretty good look at that battle, as does Daniel Frost, and they should be mindful of the fact that it looks like Matthew Brabham has hit the button. He is trying to add another car into that mix. So that battle continues. It's Foster, Simpson, Gold, Frost, and maybe Brabham, Jake Query, as they head back to you. And as they work their way, setting up for turn at number 10, Brabham is a little bit off pace now behind Daniel Frost, who got away just a little bit coming off of turn number 9. So put Frost again, 6th position, then it's Brabham, about 8 car lengths behind him, running in 7. Davey Hamilton, got to tip my cap to all these drivers. There was a lot of beating and banging towards the end of the race yesterday. And that may certainly still happen here in this 35-lap race. But at the drop of the green flag, I've seen a lot of tight racing, but it's all been really clean around Monterey. Yeah, and how about this? Nobody, I mean, knock on wood, I guess, or I'm going to change this right now, but nobody's gone off and created the dust storms that we've seen. So they know the limits of this racetrack. They know what they can and can't do. And right now, clean and green. And, you know, it'll be exciting to see. It's only you know, 30 laps to go. Go well, after Michael. Yeah, Louis Foster went off at the exit of turn number four. That will allow he and Reese Gold to go side by side, yeah, and, and the they make contact. It's Reese Gold and Kiffin Simpson. My apologies, Kiffin Simpson. They make contact. Reese Gold sits in the middle of the track. He'll fall to the back of the speedway, but a battle as Kiffin Simpson went off at the exit of turn number four. They went side by side. Reese Gold sits stalled at the exit of turn number five. Uh, Davey Hamilton, I'm going to put that one right on yeah. your feet, but uh, here's yeah. the replay. Kiffin Simpson. And Reese Gold trying to get to the left-hander of turn five, and uh, boy, it got tight. Yeah, you can blame me for all that. I knew something was going to have to happen right as soon as you say it. But yeah, it looks like Simpson, he may incur a penalty for that. He was definitely not up alongside of Gold far enough, in my opinion, and, and definitely hit Gold in that left rear, spun him around. Simpson able to go on, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there could be a Maybe a, a potential penalty there. Mark James, uh, we stay green for right now, but there at the exit of turn five, Reese Gold still hasn't got that car refired. Yeah, it, it's rolling backward as he tries to get it refired, and just now we get the word that it's a full course caution with five laps complete. Rasmussen, McElroy, Foster, Frost, and Brabham, the top five, and Michael Young, an update now. You need that as, and, and it all happens, Michael Young, as the safety truck starts to approach. Yeah, the AMR IndyCar safety team quick to get to him, and just as they arrived, Reese Gold was able to refire that car. He'll stay on the lead lap, but clearly has a lot of ground to make up. He'll fall to the back of the field, but certainly some tight battling. Again, I misidentified. It was right behind a tent where I lost him and picked back up Kiffin Simpson, but he went off track and just lost all kinds of momentum at the exit of turn number four, and that's when he and Reese Gold went side by side, and clearly it was only going to be one car at the exit of turn number five. 
drive, and unfortunately, Reese Gold got the raw end of the stick. Davey, I've spent a lot of Friday and Saturday nights at short tracks. You've spent even more. Uh, I think Reese Gold just pulled the old trick that I've seen done time and time again. Uh, my car won't start. I need a full course yellow. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as the leader's yeah. about to pass me and go a lap down, I'll, all of a sudden I'm going to mysteriously get it refired. Yeah, you know, and that way he can catch back up the field. If he takes off early on and continues on, he has no chance until that potential yellow might come out. So, yeah, I think uh, he played those cards pretty good. So uh, Reese Gold will tumble towards the rear of the field, but, uh, again, he'll stay on the lead lap. All drivers will stay on the lead lap, and uh, we'll wait to see if race control decides it on a uh, penalty for either driver there in that incident involving Kippen Simpson, Reese Gold side-by-side at a turn five. Reese Gold gets the worst of it. Simpson did lose a couple spots. Uh, he was running in fourth at the time of that incident, so he's uh, now running sixth. So Daniel Frost picked up a spot, and Daniel Fro- uh, Matthew Brabham did as well, and Kippen Simpson's going to lose a whole heck of a lot more than that Davey Hamilton as he is being told to uh, tag the rear of the field, yeah. getting penalized for that incident. Yeah, no, it should be. I mean, he definitely, that was on him. He just, you know, he made a mistake early on, as Michael's seen, and then he lost a position, didn't want to lose anymore, and he just, you know, he overforced that um, that that attempt of a pass. And, you know, when you run into a guy from the back, that's pretty much your, it's on you. And so uh, Simpson, yeah, I, I figured a penalty was coming, and he's going to have to file all the way to the back of the field. Now, that puts Simpson and Gold back next to each other. Hopefully they'll play uh, play nice. Yeah, I can't imagine why they wouldn't. <laughs> I'm sure they're not frustrated with each other at all. But uh, let's give you the full field rundown with uh, six laps complete. It's Rasmussen, McElray, Foster, Frost, and Brabham. Uh, six through ten, Abel, Rowe, Pizzi, Sutter, Morthy, and Siegel. Bogle runs 11th, Ernie Francis Jr. 12th, 13th, Jagger Jones, 14th, Kiko Porto, 15th, Victor Franzoni, 16th is Jamie Chadwick, and then it's Simpson and Gold at the rear of the field. Christian Rasmussen accelerates heading to turn number 11 as we are set to go racing once again here in Monterey. He'll see the green flag and open up about a two-car length advantage over Hunter McElray. The battle may be on for second because here comes Louis Foster right in the toe of McElray, Michael, as they head down to turn number two. And Louis Foster will look to the outside. Now tuck in behind Hunter McElray. This is the battle for second. Christian Rasmussen already about four car lengths ahead of that battle for that second position. As they exit turn number three, they enter now turn number four. Let's see how cleanly they can get through. Rasmussen has a bit of a bobble. Hunter McElray, though, gets a good run, and that will allow him to check out about four car lengths over third place running Louis Foster. So your top five, Rasmussen, then Hunter McElray, Louis Foster, Daniel Frost, and Matthew Brabham as they head up. The hill. Like the way things are shaping up for Matthew Brabham. He took advantage of that carnage to pick up a couple of positions and now he's starting to draw a bead on Daniel Frost. A little bit further back, Ernie Francis Jr. picks up a spot. He is flirting with the top ten now. As some brakes spoke flies as they start to enter the corkscrew. Rasmussen, McElroy, Foster, Frost, Brabham, the top five back to Jake Query. And pretty evenly spaced one through three as a matter of fact. And then you've got Frost, but now Frost all of a sudden has his mirrors full of Matthew Brabham, who has worked his way, as Mark said, into the top five, trying to get into the top four. Frost is able to hold him off to that lefty of turn number 11. Yeah, Mark liked what he saw from uh, Matthew Brabham, and I tend to agree because he's really putting the pressure on Daniel Frost for that fourth position as we've resumed racing here. Eight laps in the books. Michael, it's a battle for fourth. Matthew Brabham and that Hunkos Hollinger car trying to challenge Daniel Frost. Yeah, and right there behind them is Jacob Abel. So fourth, fifth, and sixth all together. The battle we'll keep an eye on. Rasmussen, oh, and nearly lost the back end. Hunter McElroy had it step out on him. Then third place running Louis Foster. Again, this battle for fourth, Daniel Frost. 
Matthew Brabham. Jacob Abel falls back off that battle by about four car lengths. Markets, it's a little broken off by now, but it's still a battle for fourth as they climb the hill. Check it back in one more time on that battle we talked about to get in the top ten for Ernie Francis Jr. He has tenth. He's all over at Eubin Sunder and Morthy, who's in the ninth position now. Meanwhile, the 1.7 second lead for Christian Rasmussen, McElroy, Foster, Frost, and Brabham. They stay that way as the top five works their way through the corkscrew. Rasmussen swung it just a little bit wide exiting turn number 10, but no problem for him through turn number 11. Still enjoying about an 18 car length advantage. Top five, it's Christian Rasmussen, Hunter McElroy, Louis Foster, Daniel Frost, and Matthew Brabham. Uh, Christian Bogle has had some issues. Alex Wolf, you can tell us more on pit lane. Yeah, Christian Bogle made the first trip to the pit lane in this race, and it was, of course, unscheduled for a new nose cone assembly. They took the old one off, and right now some officials from Delara looking at it as where the left front wing connects to the nose cone itself. itself showing some damage, and so they put a fresh one on. It was a quick change, and he screamed out of the pits and back out onto other Tech Raceway Laguna Seca. Well, David, been watching Ernie Francis Jr. He's back at 10th, mid-pack right now, but he was using up all of the front straightaway trying to get a run on Juven Sundra Morthy. Yeah, sure was. He cut uh, way over, by the way, to get uh, try to make that pass down that front straightaway through turn one. And uh, he almost had it, actually, but he wisely uh, got out of the gas so he didn't have contact. But good run by Ernie. We'll see if he can try to back it up and do it again this lap. Yeah, he's trying to put the pressure on the Indian American from uh, Minnesota. Sundra Morthy making just his uh, fourth start here in Indy next by Firestone. Doing a good job driving for Able Motorsports, running in ninth. Uh, all, his teammate, uh, Francesco Pizzi, also a newcomer. He's right in front of him. In fact, it's a three-car battle. We'll pick that one up. Pizzi, Sundra Morthy, and Francis out of the final corner. Pizzi swings a little wide. Sundra Morthy is right there in the draft. Moves to the inside, pops back to the outside. Michael, good battle between cars 55 and 57 down into turn two. Yeah, Pizzi and Sudaramurthy exit the Andretti hairpin. That will allow Ernie Francis Jr. to close on that rear wing of Sudaramurthy. They make their way through that tight right-hander of turn number three. That's where cars kind of get bogged down. Now the momentum picks up as that three, and we just saw the machine of James Rowe go off, so now he'll lose a ton of ground. That will allow Pizzi to close in on that rear wing. So that battle's still there. Mark, it's closed up with that off by James Rowe. Yeah, we saw uh, uh, the... the, the Coming into this portion of the race course, it looked like that uh, Pizzi had the chalk out, sharpening up the elbows a little bit. And as these three continue to tangle, what it has done, it has allowed 11th place running Jagger Jones to now add another card to that battle. Ernie Francis really got a late charge on Sutter Amothi now as that battle for the 8th position, Jake Query, heads back to you. You are correct. Jagger Jones is now all of a sudden getting a good look at that. They are evenly spaced right now. It's PC with Senator Muthi, then behind him, it's Ernie Francis Jr. Then about two car lengths behind that is the rear of that quartet in Jagger Jones. Kind of reminds me, Jake, of your favorite analogy of a rubber band. All it takes is one car to get off track, and it snaps back the action. And, boy, it's getting tight in the battle for the ninth position. You've been being challenged by Ernie Francis. Michael, they're side-by-side -side at the apex turn two. And Sunaramuthi will lose that position. Nice pass by Ernie Francis Jr. at the exit of the Andretti hairpin. Would have lost that advantage had Sunaramuthi been able to hang on. He was unable to do so. Now he's got his sights behind him, set with Jagger Jones trying to get around. That, that little pass by Ernie Francis Jr. 
really threw off the momentum from Sooner Murthy. Here comes Jagger Jones trying to take over that ninth position. Yeah, he was forced to take the long way around turn number four, and that allowed Jagger Jones to really close up. And Nolan Siegel, who always has a fast race car, is now joining that battle. Back up front, things are tightening up for the battle The battle for the fifth position. It's Jacob Abel, Daniel Frost, Jake Query as they head out of the corkscrew. And all of that is happening just behind Matthew Brabham, who is now starting to get just a little bit out in front of Jacob Abel. Abel had just gotten around Daniel Frost, so Abel right now enjoys about a three-car length advantage over Frost. Now sets his sights on Matthew Brabham. And it moves that American driver from Kentucky into the top five. Top five here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca with 23 laps to go. Christian Rasmussen, Hunter McElray, Louis Foster, Matthew Brabham, and Jacob Abel. I'm Indy Next Driver Ernie Francis Jr., and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Back at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca for the Indy Next by Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey, race number two. Christian Rasmussen has led every lap. He's got a 2.7, make it 2.8 second advantage over Hunter McElray. McElray's got a two-second advantage over Louis Foster. That are Those are the three drivers in podium position. Uh, they've got a huge gap back to Matthew Brabham, who runs in fourth. But, Davey, we've been watching the action, honestly, is, is from about seventh place James Rowe on back to almost like Jamie Chadwick in 16th. Not a lot of room to breathe towards uh, the mid and rear pack right now. Yeah, and that's what we seen yesterday. And, and we'll, as the tires start wearing out and the cars start, the balance of the cars starts changing a little bit. We'll see whose cars are good and on, on these older tires and see whose are bad. And that's what really tightens it up as we see. Looks like off pace right now. Seventy-five car. That that would be Franzoni. Yeah, maybe that was Victor. That was Victor yeah. Franzoni, and he got the right sides off. Was able to get it back on and get back underway. Yeah, got got back going, finds files his way back behind Chadwick, I think, in that 16th position. Not a good run. You know, he actually had a pretty good practice run, a qualifying run yesterday. And you're right, Mark, he went way off course, but was able to get it back on, uh, on track and climb that hill to, uh, to, to go through that corkscrew next. Uh, battle for the seventh position, Michael Young down to the Andretti hairpin. Yeah, James Rowe and Francesco Pizzi. Pizzi got a nice run down the front straightaway and through turn one, nearly got it side by side. James Rowe will hold him off for the moment as they make their way through the right-hander of turn number four. James Rowe now able to check out about two car lengths over Pizzi. Then Ernie Francis Jr. right there. You talked just one lap ago about that tight battle. You can literally throw a blanket over seven through about the 14th or 12th position. Might as well put uh, Jagger Jones and Nolan Siegel in that battle as well. As uh, It looks like Jones has pulled up on Sutter and Morthy to about a car length and a half back. So it's James Rowe has plenty of company now as they enter the corkscrew. Rowe is running in the seventh position, then Pizzi, then Francis, Sutter and Muthi, Jones, and even Nolan Siegel, Jay Query. By the time they get to turn at number 10, Rowe had that speed enough just to get himself a little bit of breathing room over Pizzi. But again, those five or six cars, pretty evenly spaced, all of them back onto the main straightaway. Yeah, Jake, it may not be the breathing room out of turn 10 you're looking for. It's really out of 11 where you want to try to find a gap to hold them off down this long front straightaway. This time by, looks like James Rowe has that. It's still about a car length, though, Michael. Back to Francesco Pizzi as they exit turn number two. The Able Motorsports Italian trying to finish this season strong. Made his appearance about halfway through this season and now trying to get around James Rowe. Rowe will exit turn number four. All of those drivers keeping those left sides right on the curbing. About a three-car length advantage now for James Joe. 
or excuse me, James Rowe, but Pizzi gets a nice run out of the exit of turn number six. Mark at the top of the hill, it's going to be about two car lengths. And the reality of it is, you might as well go ahead and throw a couple of more cars in it. So it's Rowe, Pizzi, Francis Jr., Sundra Morthy, it's Jones Siegel, and now Kiko Porto and Kiffin Simpson, who had to restart in the back of the field. Jake, that's a long line of cars throwing a marching band and people tossing out candy. You got a nice parade coming your way. And it's a long line of cars that is a long way behind the leader, Christian Rasmussen, who has already now jumped out, Nick, to about a half a lap advantage over the rest of the pack. Yeah, but, Davey, I mean, this illustrates the point that I've been making all year long of why uh, the folks at Penske Entertainment, all these teams, these drivers, deserve a lot of credit for building this field size because, yeah, up front, it may not be the most entertaining race through the top five spots, but when you've got a larger field size, all of a sudden, this creates way more entertaining racing than what we've seen in the past couple years. And if the action's there around 7th on back, we're certainly going to pay attention to that. Yeah, that's right. Indy Next has done a great job by increasing car count. I mean, it's not easy to do, and they're doing a good job at it. 18 cars here this weekend, and expected to have some more next year. So let's keep our fingers crossed that they do, because the excitement that they put on track, and you got to remember, these are Delara chassis. they got Firestone tires. They all have the exact same engine. And by the way... They even go farther than that. The dampers on these cars, which is such a big deal in IndyCar, are all the same on these cars. So nobody has a real advantage on the the damper program as well. So oh. as we see it pass right now, oh, cuts that corkscrew over. Boy, they're fighting it out in that uh, those first. That that was Petey went for a little ride to the gravel off the corkscrew. Yeah, he went for a pass on James Rowe, bounced his way through the corkscrew, and now he's got some front end damage. Uh, the left end plate of that front wing is dragging on the racetrack, bouncing up and down. He's going to lose James Rowe by a bit. That's going to stack it up as Ernie Francis Jr., Yuvan Sutter-Morthy, Jagger Jones, Nolan Siegel. They all have runs on the rookie Pizzi as they head down to turn number two, Michael. Yeah, that mistake certainly costs. So James Rowe, and we have a pass further back. Kiko Porto will make a move. He'll get around Reese Gold. They will battle it out. Check that. You've been sooner removing. Those two battles, sooner removing, will get that position back. So that battle continues through turn number four. Now James Rowe, still in the PT machine, able to, to ward off any potential damage or at least keep that car having some momentum. But Ernie Francis Jr. will now start to close in on that eight position. So seven, eight, nine all still bobbled up as they head up the hill. Ernie Francis Jr., the big mover on the day. He is plus eight, in fact, and looking to pick up another one. The lead is 3.7 seconds, by the way, for the leader. Christian Rasmussen, then McElroy, then Foster. Brabham inside the top five now. He's running fourth. Jacob Abel, Daniel Frost, the top six. But again, Pizzi still trying to hold off Ernie Francis Jr. And Nolan Siegel, Eubin Sunder, and Morthy, and Jagger Jones to say it back to the corkscrew. Mark, I thought for sure last time by Ernie Francis Jr. was going to get that move on Pizzi heading into turn number 10, almost like he had to back out of it just a little bit. This time by, Pizzi maintains the advantage. About three car lengths over Ernie Francis Jr. We will keep an eye on those battles mid-pack as we've reached the halfway point of the final race of the 2023 season. It's going to be Christian Rasmussen, your champion. We'll see if he takes another race win with the uh, 3.8 second advantage. But Ryan Marine, obviously, uh, as much as Christian deserves credit, there's some folks down there at HMD that certainly do uh, and deserve a lot of credit as well as we reach the end of the season. No question about it. Congratulations are in order as we speak to Mike Marini. From HMD Motorsports, Christian Rasmussen wrapped up the championship by starting the race here today. And this team has proven to be, once again, the, the benchmark team here in the Indy Next by Firestone. How much pride do you take in continuing to set the bar year after year? 
I mean, this is uh, back-to-back championships with uh, Linus last year and Christian this year, but uh, it's a total team effort. Um, Henry and Diva gave us the tools that we need to, to do our job. Um, it's just going to get stronger from here, I think. How impressive has uh, Christian been throughout the course of this season, watching him continue to keep his head above water, fight even through adversity, and ultimately come out on top? Yeah, I think where, where he was last year and, and the, the issues and struggles that he had, it was more slowing him down than, than speeding him up. And this year he's won on, on road course, street course, oval, and hopefully he can win another race here today. He's clearly the, the full package looking ahead to, to next year going to IndyCar. With that said, you know you look at the drivers that have come out of your program now that are excelling at IndyCar. That has to be a great selling point for you as you reach out to potential drivers for years to come. Yeah, I mean the pipeline to the top is is what we want to want to create. So obviously, with uh, it started with David, David Malukas, and now he's an Aero McLaren SP driver uh, for next year. Um, now we got Linus there as well, Benjamin Pedersen's there, and hopefully uh, with this championship, Christian Rasmussen will have a, a spot to drive next year as well. And finally, Christian told us the story yesterday. He came to you guys without a full budget to complete this season. What did you see in him to take, go ahead and say, yes, let's take the chance on, on this guy, put him in one of our cars, and we'll work the rest of the budget out later? Yeah, essentially, we, we actually worked out the rest of the budget pretty quickly after the, uh, after the first couple of races. It was a, it was a two-part deal that we, we kind of put together, but once you start winning, it's, uh, it's hard to not find the money if you want to continue on, especially if your lifelong dream is to be an IndyCar. Mike, congratulations on another title, and we'll see. you got another car out in front looking for a race win here in the finale. Thank you very much. Davey Hamilton, it is mighty impressive what uh, Henry Malukas and Mike Marini and all yeah. the folks at HMD have uh, put together their commitment to this series uh, year in, year out. An armada of cars, and they're not just field filler cars, as uh, Mike pointed out. Linus Lundquist wins the championship last year, and then uh, getting it done this year is going to be Christian Rasmussen. Yeah, absolutely. What a great team. I mean, to, to field nine cars, uh, Nick, you know how difficult that is, and and then still have be so competitive. They didn't dilute their program by adding those cars. They helped, obviously, the Indy Next Series. And, yes, a lot of drivers that came out of their camps that he just named are able to go on to IndyCar. So, um, you know, hats off to them. That's what this series is about. And and uh, sounds to me like they're going to continue to try to grow the series and have at least that many cars next year. Uh, Able Motorsports has done a good job this year as well. One of their drivers this weekend is Francesco Pizzi. And, Alex, I think we're probably both impressed with damaged wing and all that he is uh, doing a good job staying mid-pack. Oh, he is. And after that contact uh, came down to the pit because they had a new uh, front wing assembly, the new nose cone at the ready. It was, in fact, sitting at the head of the pit box. And after taking a couple of looks as he came by the pit area, they saw that wing and it continues to hang low, the left front. But they then, after a few laps of inspection and Francesco Pizzi feeling that car out, they took the uh, front wing assembly, they set it back on the, uh, the tugger cart and he's still out there soldiering on with that damage yeah he runs in the eighth position and michael while he's not putting the pressure on james Rowe, he's doing a nice job of holding off a hard charging ninth place car of ernie francis jr that's the point right he's able to hold off ernie francis jr and ernie's done a great job the early portion of this race just marching his way and picking off cars 
with a meticulous pace and now trying to get around Pizzi's been I think the biggest challenge and with that damaged front wing Mark James hats off to Francesco Pizzi for keeping that car going straight forward and keeping up that momentum he's had. Uh, well there's no question that uh, while certainly his uh, focus is on Pizzi he needs to be aware of the fact that I think he's aware of the fact that Nolan Siegel is creeping up on him I mean Siegel typically has a pretty fast race car he's worked his way into the top 10 and just behind Siegel runs Juven Sorder Mothi and uh, also uh, Jagger Jones. Jagger's been giving it a pretty good ride. He's up to 12th today, Jay Query. All of them have worked their way now back onto the main straightaway again. Same form as last time by. Top five here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It is Christian Rasmussen. His lead is 5.5 seconds over Hunter McElray. A solid nine seconds over Louis Foster. 14 and a half seconds over Matthew Brabham and 15.6 over fifth place running Jacob Abel. I'm Indy Next Driver Jamie Chadwick and this is the IndyCar Radio Network. Jamie Chadwick's been in a pretty good battle towards the rear of the field so far today, battling with Victor Franzoni. She runs in the 15th position. Let's give you a, a full field rundown with 12 laps to go. This is the Indy Next by Firestone. Grand Prix of Monterey right here on IndyCar Radio. Christian Rasmussen is your leader by 6.3 seconds over Hunter McElray. Louis Foster runs in third. Fourth is Matthew Brabham. Fifth is Jacob Abel. In the sixth position, it's Daniel Frost. James Rowe runs in seventh. From Rowe on back is where all the action has been in this race. Eighth is Francesco Pizzi. Uh, he runs with a damaged wing. Nolan Siegel just picked off Ernie Francis moments ago. So you can move the California kid Siegel up to ninth. Francis back to 10th. Yuvin Sutter-Morthy runs in the 11th position. Jagger Jones is in 12th. Kiko Porto runs in 13th. 14th is Kippen Simpson. 15th is Jamie Chadwick. She's trying to hold off uh, Victor Franzoni, who runs in 16th. Reese Gold is right there in the mix as well. Those uh, three drivers navigating turn number two as we speak. But it's Chadwick, Franzoni, Gold, 15th, 16th, and 17th. And then Christian Bogle final driver in this race he runs in the 18th position and uh davy hamilton it has been just that easy for christian raspies and i'm sure it's never actually that easy you've got to still navigate and uh, feel the g-forces and make sure that you are as pristine as, as possible around this racetrack but uh, he has simply not been challenged so far today perfect way to win the championship i'd assume yeah absolutely it's good to see the championship winner and win the final race i think that's always pretty cool just kind of putting a period on the on the season and and you're right it's never easy but he's done such a masterful job that that uh and he's making it look easy as we see Rowe slide off and turn 10 right now he spins around comes back on track looks like uh simpson's front nose wing has some damage doesn't look like a yellow though nick it looks like he got the thing going again they're gonna take off jake query that's in front of you yeah i was gonna say just as i all of a sudden thought oh my goodness davy is correct got back underway back onto the main street reared the field but crisis avoided davy hamilton seeing a replay there uh turn number 10 for james Rowe. Yeah, you know, just just lost the back end. Looks like he got out of line just a slight bit. And, and then you see that black groove starting to create that we talked about earlier on on this brand-new asphalt racetrack. Sometimes hard to really differ from the line to not the line. Well, he just stepped outside a little bit, and that just tells you how slick it is on that outside groove. Mark James, let's go back to the mid-pack because that's where all the fun has been. Francesco Pizzi now up into seventh after that spin by James Rowe, but he has his hands full with Nolan Siegel. Nolan Siegel has been on the charge, 
Uh, he bumped Ernie Francis Jr. back a position. Uh, both still in the top ten because of Rose woes, we should say. Uh, Daniel Frost is uh, well in front of that group. But again, it's Pete Siegel, Francis Jr., and Sundra Muthi headed back to Jay Query. As a matter of fact, Francis Jr. is now trying to get back a spot from Nolan Siegel. Not able to do so. Three car link disadvantage for Francis Jr. And then right behind him, about two car links or so behind him, is where you find Senator Muthi. Michael, a uh, way, way, way ahead of these drivers. There's a pretty good battle for fifth shaken up between Jacob Abel and Daniel Frost. And we've been watching that battle seventh on back for so long. This one just kind of broke out. Daniel Frost coming out of turn number one had such a big run on Jacob Abel. I thought he was going to pull up on that front wing. It's broken off a tad bit. Now about four car lengths. But there for a second, it looked like Daniel Frost got a little racy down into the Andretti hairpin. So uh, we'll take a look back. Mark Chains as that one breaks off. Francesco Pizzi still hanging on with that broken wing. Yeah, hanging on indeed as he is under attack by Nolan Siegel. And now we're getting word, Nick Yeoman from Race Control. Well, we hear the black flag may be displayed to the 55 car, and we assume, Nick Yeoman, it's because of the damage we see as that left front wing continues to flop around. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Davey Hamilton, he's doing a good job, but uh, what do you think of that call? Well, it'd be interesting because the, the wing was pretty much gone at this point. It was on there for a while as it was dragging. The, the, the side plate came off that wing somewhere on the racetrack. It's just the main plane now dragging. And I, I think the damage was before, so I'm a little surprised they're black flagging him now, not before, to be honest with you. And that it didn't look like it's doing much damage to his car or anybody else at this point. But hey, it is what it is. You got damaged car, and they don't want to put any more debris on the track or risk any other drivers so it looks like uh, he didn't obey the black flag yet he's still on track ahead of Siegel and by the way there he goes he pulls over now Siegel uh, gets by him is letting the rest of the field go by what a bummer a good run for Pizzi yeah so Michael Hill uh, lose about five positions he's going to lose a lot more as Nolan Siegel and the rest of that mid-pack streak away and for, as he falls back through the field, the best battle now is Victor Franzoni and J.B. Chadwick as they battle for outside the top ten position. And just a nice pass beginning at turn number two. Victor Franzoni made the pass on J.B. Chadwick, but now he'll lose that to not only Reese Gold, but J.B. Chadwick as well. Yeah, let's not forget Reese Gold, Kiffin Simpson. They're all around that battle, Nick Yeoman, because uh, all of the, a couple of those drivers started up front and had that issue, and uh, Simpson and Gold got put it to the back. Jake, how about uh, Francesco Pizzi? He's exiting the corkscrew now. Is he going to bring that 55 car to pit lane? So let's watch it. He's got that traffic jam behind him. That is Jamie Chadwick just behind him as now he works his way. He has heated the order. Heading on now, Nick, to pit lane. So a uh, tough break for that Italian driver. Going to bring that car to pit lane. And Alex Wolf, we know these cars are awful strong, but uh, boy, he took such a bouncing through the corkscrew that uh, simply not going to be able to stay out of the racetrack. Now it took a big licking and it kept ticking for just a bit as far as that front wing assembly. But yeah, the entire upper element on that left side is off and a very quick change to get the final right wrenches out. And now he stalls the car. He's trying to bump start it. They're having to look in to try to tell him what to do. He now gets it refired and it stalls again. He has his hands up and almost confusion, exasperation. And he's trying to get a quick tutorial for one of the crew members. He does. And now he leaves the pit lane. Maybe I saw a little bit of a debris uh, to driver's yeah. right down to turn number two. We think it might be off of Kiffin Simpson's car, who appears to be having similar issues with the front wing. 
Yeah, well, without a question, I think it's a situation. If uh, one gets black flag, probably better black flag the other one. And that Simpson scar definitely dragging that wing. It looks like it's in worse shape than uh, PC's was. So uh, we'll I'm probably see a black flag coming out for him as well. Up front with six laps to go, it is all Christian Rasmussen. The lead is now up to an even 11 seconds over Hunter McElray. Louis Foster runs in third all by himself. Matthew Brabham is in fourth. Jacob Abel's about a second behind in fifth. Sixth is Daniel Frost, and we've been watching the battle from Nolan Siegel on back. He runs seventh, eighth, and ninth. And Boy, I'll tell you what, Michael Young, at the rear of the field, Jamie Chadwick, Reese Gold, they've been throwing haymakers at each other uh, here in the closing laps. It's been nonstop the last three laps, and with that damage to Kiffin Simpson, that will allow Jamie Chadwick to start to draw a bead on the rear wing of the Simpson car. Now Victor Franzoni has ideas of getting around Reese Gold. Remember, he got around both of those cars, or one of those cars, that should take Chadwick just a couple of laps ago, lost the back end in turn number six, fell back several positions. Mark, probably the best battle on the track right now. Yeah, that damage is noticeable as that right front wing uh, is starting to flop around plenty of the car of Kiffin Simpson. Chadwick and Gold continue to stay tight. Victor Franzoni trying to keep pace. Jake, is, this is the battle essentially for the 12th position now as it works its way back to the corkscrew. Now working its way off of the corkscrew now. Simpson has again behind him Chadwick. Gold is right on the rear wing of Jamie Chadwick. As a matter of fact, going to try to sweep to the outside going into turn number 11, but Chadwick is able to shut that door. And Davey Hamilton, we get word from race control that indeed we're going to see a black flag for Kiffin Simpson as well. Yeah, yeah, well, you have to. I mean, if it's uh, if it's good for one, it's good for the other. Can't play favorites, and, and their wings were doing the exact same thing. So, yeah, we had no surprise with Simpson uh, pulling out of the way right now, letting those three uh, competitors behind him by, and uh, he'll be seeing the pit lane here momentarily. So with Simpson out of the picture, it now becomes a battle for 12th Michael Young, Chadwick, Gold, and Franzoni all over each other in the turn number three the tighter battle that battle for that 13th position jamie chadwick in 12th has about three car links over reese gold victor franzoni every time i think he gets a little momentum and gets uh, gets up that hill mark he'll fall back has that back end step out but still one of the best battles on the track i'm going to jump up front pick up the battle between jagger jones and kiko porto that couple of rookies slugging it out for that 10th position they are nose to tail and will stay that way jay query by the time they get back to you as a matter of fact, Porto now, Jones, as he works his way into turn number 10, Porto tried to go a little bit lower through 10, and now tries to set up trying to go to the outside through turn number 11. But Jones able to shut that door. Nick, the proverbial rubber band effect, Jagger Jones by three car lengths. Yeah, that's the battle for 10th, and as they approach uh, the turn uh, to the front straightaway, I should say, the race leader Christian Rasmussen is bending his way through the corkscrew. That is how big the lead has grown. Davey, I mean, it's it, every single lap, he's like he's laying down qualifying laps. It was yeah, 11 wow. seconds a moment ago. It's already up to 13 and a half. Yeah, how about this? The leader of the race just ran a 113.3. McRae second, 114.6. 1.3 seconds quicker just that lap. So, I mean, he is just checking out on this field. Yeah, that is an exclamation point. As Christian Rasmussen climbs the hill, he's going to see three laps to go here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. This is about as dominant of a performance as we have seen Michael Young, but that red, black, and silver machine, Christian Rasmussen, try to win this title in style. One of the drivers that you got to know last year in this Indynex by Firestone Championship, and as he has worked his way through this 2024 campaign, you can't help but 
root this kid on. He's very likable, fended off a, a great charge by Nolan Siegel. And not only is he great in the cockpit of the car, but Mark James is just a great guy outside of the cockpit as well. Uh, three poles, and he's uh, going to uh, just bump over 360-plus laps led uh, to go along with the, the nine races that he has led on this campaign. It has been an impressive run for Christian Rasmussen and Jake Query as he works his way off of turn number nine. Dare I say, pretty dang good all year long for Christian Rasmussen and putting a bow tie on a season befitting of the way the year has gone, particularly in the second half. Every spot that he's needed to put that car, he's done so. He does so right now, Nick, going on to turn alpha, turn number 11, all by his lonesome here at Laguna Seca. Two laps to go in the Indy Next by Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey race number two. And I think, David, the other reason this championship is so impressive is just like Kyle Kirkwood, Christian Rasmussen becomes the second driver to win a championship at every rung here in the uh, Junior Formula Series in the United States. All three with uh, USF Pro, USF 2000, and now in Indy Next. Obviously, things have worked out pretty well for Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, for Christian Rasmussen, he is kind of stuck to the plan of you keep winning championships, you keep collecting scholarships, you'll continue to advance your career. Well, I just tell you, I mean, he's he's obviously, no matter what series, what car, he's a champion and been able to do it and prove it. So you're right. I mean, uh, you know, you don't know what, there's some there's some seats available over in the IndyCar series. And I would say there's a really good opportunity with the scholarship that he's going to be able to carry into that, that he may find a full-time ride next year, which I think would be great. It's also a uh, incredibly diverse championship that he's about to win as well showing strength on every type of racetrack that we go to. Got his first win of the season on a natural terrain road course at Barber Motorsports Park. One on the short oval at Iowa. Picked up a street course win at Nashville. He's gotten it done on all three types of racetrack. And Michael Young, he is one lap away from closing the book on this championship with another race win. Looking forward to what happens to this young driver in 2024. Will we have three days in the NTT IndyCar Series? Of course, Christian Lundgaard, Benjamin Peterson. We can add a third to the list with our champion in this IndyNex by Firestone Championship. What a great season it has been and a fantastic run here today. What better way to finish off the 2023 campaign than on the top step of the podium? Here comes Christian Rasmussen to turn number six for the final time. Hard luck here the midway point of the season uh, and uh, he rebounded nicely and he has been on a charge this second half of the campaign and he has wrestled this away from the rest of the field an impressive driver as he looks to to scoot in scoot home in front of hunter McElray, uh, louis foster matthew brabham and jacob abel jake a battle befitting of the war christian rasmussen through turn number 10 setting up for turn number 11 nick Help welcome home and bring home a season and race champion. Boy, HMD Motorsports has changed the game at Indian X by Firestone, and Christian Rasmussen is going to reap the benefits. Across the start-finish line, Christian Rasmussen sees the twin checkered flags. He closes the 2023 Indian X by Firestone season with a win and a championship here in Monterey. Hunter McElray is going to finish second, albeit a distant second, 18.6 seconds behind. Louis Foster is third. Good battle for uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Brabham will take fourth. Abel fifth. Daniel Frost sixth. As everybody makes their final lap around Monterey uh, here at Laguna Seca. But again, it is Christian Rasmussen, your race winner to close out the 2023 season. I'm IndyNext driver Christian Rasmussen, and this is the IndyCar Radio Network.
Some victory donuts, championship-worthy donuts for Christian Rasmussen right towards the entrance of pit lane on the straightaway uh, from turn 10, downing lead to turn uh, turn number 11. Uh, he scores the win, and the winning margin today, Davey Hamilton, an easy, nice, cool 17.8 seconds for the day. Yeah, even his last lap was about a half a second quicker than McElroy, and then he was taking it easy, probably slowed down by a second. Looked like he about spun out down the front straightaway before the start finish line, though, but what a dominating race by Rasmussen. It's always good, as I said, when you win a championship to win that final race, just kind of put a period behind it that he deserves to be here. He deserves to, to earn this. He earned this championship, and, uh, you know, great run by him. And McRae did a good job. I, he's second in this race, got second in the championship. Siegel, you know, uh, early points leader, struggled, um, you know, throughout the midseason part of the year. Went all the way almost to last place today, Nick. Got him a little bit of credit. He only finished seventh, but he had to fight his way back and pass a lot of cars to get that seventh spot. So there's your podium for the championship is Rasmussen, McRae, and Siegel. Davey, I know we got one more IndyCar broadcast to do together, but a big thank you to you. It's been another fun season of uh, these uh, IndyCar prospects. This Junior Formula Series did not disappoint. And uh, thanks again for your help all season long, yep. my friend. Had, had a blast. Thanks. So Christian Rasmussen is your race winner and your champion. Hunter McElroy comes up uh, short, but he comes home with a second-place finish, Ryan Marine. He does, runner-up in the championship, runner-up in the final race. But you know what? I just got to look at your right front tire, and you must have had your hands full. Tell folks what you were dealing with. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Unfortunately, Firestone's been awesome all year, so we have to look what happened. You know, I don't think it's an issue on their side, obviously. But, um, yeah, the whole race had a delaminated right front. Um, don't know how I got second like that. Every, lace is hold, every lap was holding on for dear life. So, you know, to get P2, you know, I think... Obviously, the pace we've had all weekend, I would have loved to be able to get another win like we could have, but to get P2 with a tire on the cords the whole race, I'll take it. All season long, I know your goal was to win races, to win the championship. You end up second here this year. How do you reflect on the season that you put together? Um, I'm not going to lie. It stings a bit. Um, I'm really happy with everything we did as a team. We never gave up. Um, you know, obviously, championship was for sure the goal. And we didn't achieve that, but, you know, sometimes things just don't go your way. So the team's been awesome. I love this Andretti Allsport crew. It's been an awesome two years. We achieved a lot of wins, a lot of poles. Vice champion, you know, it could be worse. So I'm proud of what we did, and I'm, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Congratulations on a solid season. We hope to see you in IndyCar next year. Thank you, mate. Hunter McElroy comes home in second. In fact, let's uh, take a look at the final point standings. Christian Rasmussen's championship advantage is 65 over Hunter McElroy as he uh, claims the championship. Uh, Nolan Siegel comes home third, a narrow five-point advantage over Louis Foster. So Siegel ends up third in the championship. Foster fourth, Jacob Abel fifth. Daniel Frost finishes sixth in the championship. And then a very tight battle. James Rowe gets seventh in the championship, eighth. Uh, goes to Reese Gold, your top 10 in the race today. Finishing 10th, it was Jagger Jones. 9th, Yuvan Sundramorthy. 8th was Ernie Francis Jr. 7th was Nolan Siegel. Daniel Frost finished 6th today. Jacob Abel comes home with a top 5. Matthew Brabham, really good run uh, for him. He finishes 4th for Hunko's Hollinger Racing. And then it's Louis Foster 3rd, Hunter McElray 2nd, Christian Rasmussen, your race winner. That's your podium, Rasmussen. McElray and Foster as we see a big hug from Christian Lungard, his fellow Dane, one of his good friends, uh, hugging the champion Christian Rasmussen down in victory lane as he scores the win in the championship. Levi Jones is there to uh, hand him 
the championship trophy for Christian Rasmussen. Lots of smiles, handshakes, and high fives down there. A well-deserved championship for Christian Rasmussen as he brings it home in Indy next by Firestone. Does it in style with a race win and a monster margin by 17.8 seconds over Hunter McElray. Really left no doubt. And Alex Wolf, you have the race winner and the champion in victory lane in Monterey. Hugs all around, family and friends. The championship trophy in hand along with the flag of Denmark. We'll see if we can lean in. Christian Lungard still here as well. And Christian Rasmussen, first of all, congratulations to the 2023 Indianax champion. Thank you very much. Um, such a team effort this year. You know, we've been amazing all year long, you know, especially here at the last part. It's been super, super strong. Two oval wins, uh, street circuit wins, road course wins. Um, I can't thank these boys enough, you know. Uh, I made a great move from last year to this year. I felt comfortable within the team all year. And, um, yeah, it's just been amazing. And how you finished it off today, and not just with a period in this championship and an exclamation point. I mean, was it as easy as it looked? Pretty much. <laughs> you know, we were uh, just running around, around 80, 89%, I would say. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, we were feeling good. And now the uh, task at hand, this job completed, check off the championship. You got the scholarship coming. Uh, what's the uh, future look like 2024 for Christian Rasmussen? Just saw Christian Lungard come in to give you congratulations. Uh, are we going to be seeing you just on a part-time basis competing with him, or do you think we're going to see you in all the NTT IndyCar Series races? You know, our goal is to compete in all of them for sure. Uh, I have nothing lined up yet, but uh, I really hope that we can make it in all like all the time next year. and. Uh, uh, we'll see. I just, yeah, looking forward to it. Whatever happens in 2024 for 2023 of the Indian X by Firestone champion, congratulations on the win in the championship. Thank you very much. Yeah, he puts his name in the uh, history books. Uh, another championship uh, here and gone. And congratulations to Christian Rasmussen. We've reached the end of the season. Uh, a few thank yous. want to thank all the drivers, the teams, Penske Entertainment for their commitment to this uh, series. No doubt. Uh, having a, a larger field size this year has made these uh, races a lot of fun to do. want to thank all the folks behind the scenes in the IMS production and television compound with the uh, help with timing and scoring. All the fabulous camera operators as well providing pictures for us to help call this action. I uh, want to thank all the folks with the IndyCar radio staff on and off air for their professionalism. It doesn't matter if it's a eight-minute IndyNext qualifying session or the greatest spectacle in racing. Their professionalism has been top-notch. And uh, again, a big thank you to all of our loyal listeners, whether you're on the road, by the pool, listening in your living room, or maybe taking some time to join us at the racetrack, listening on PA or on a scanner. It is a big thank you. You make this fun for all of us. Uh, lots of ways to spend those entertainment hours, and we know that uh, the, the fact that you choose us is much appreciated. Congratulations to Christian Rasmussen. He is your champion for 2023 in the Indian by Firestone. Looking forward to another fantastic season as we kick it off next spring in St. Petersburg, Florida. The Indian by Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey Race 2 was brought to you by Firestone for conquering what's next, the official tire of Indy Next. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton, covering the pits, Ryan Marine and Alex Wolf. Our turn announcers were Mark Jaynes, Michael Young, and Jake Query. The chief engineer is Rick Evans, satellite and technical support by Scott Forget. 
The master control operations in our Indianapolis studios, handled by Sam Rumpsup. The network director is Chris Pollock, and I'm Nick Yeoman. Don't go away. The NTT IndyCar Series is up next. Join Mark Janes, Davey Hamilton, and the rest of the crew for live flag-to-flag coverage of the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey coming up at 3 Eastern on all of the same outlets and a radio station near you. You will not want to miss it. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.